0: Hello, you are listening to KaneCast, a podcast that provides commentary on the economy and financial markets by the Kane Anderson Rudnik Investment Management Team.
1: Hello, this is Jordan Greenhouse, Managing Director with Kane Anderson Rudnick, And with me today I have Doug Foreman, Chief Investment Officer of our firm. Doug, first and foremost, thank you for taking the time today to speak with our listeners. Doug, U.S. equity market started the year quite strong, following the news of the vaccine on November six, leading to momentum around the economy reopening. Now that we're midway through the year, what factors are you seeing impacting companies, and what's your outlook moving into the second half of two thousand twenty-one?
2: Well, what we've seen out of the companies so far year-to-date in two thousand twenty-one is really outstanding, almost superb earnings growth uh, across the board, really in a variety of industries during the. Uh, COVID pandemic, uh, there were only a few companies that were really carrying the weight of the market and really doing well on a fundamental basis. But since the vaccine announcements in early November, we've seen a broadening out of economic activity and reopening uh, gradually start to improve the economy across the board. And so now there's many companies in a variety of industries that are doing really well and recovering very, very nicely. So, you know, the first quarter of 2021, the S&P 500 had revenues up year over year 13% and the earnings were up 50%. I can't remember the last time the earnings were that strong in the S&P 500 across the board. Now, there's been some input cost pressure, whether it's labor or raw materials in particular uh, year to date. We've seen uh, big increases until very recently in lumber, resin, oil, and even labor and wage pressure in some industries. But overall, it's been contained and the companies uh, are in a situation where the demand that they're seeing has been exceeding their ability to supply things uh, and get supplies, whether it's supply chain disruptions that occurred because of COVID that have yet to be fully restored or just an inability to get beverage cans for something as simple as soda and Monster Energy drinks uh, or semiconductor components and shortages that go into things like automobile vehicles and computers and a variety of other areas. So there's, you know, very, very robust demand. There's still obviously a lot of supply issues that are going on out there. Those will eventually be rectified, have complete confidence in that, but it will take some time. Additionally, you know, the consumer as always is more than two-thirds of the economy, and the consumer confidence has been improving with vaccinations and an increasing push towards uh, herd immunity. And consumer high net worth has never been higher. So people have been able to save money during the pandemic and uh, because they weren't able to go out and spend it, whether it was at a shopping mall or a restaurant uh, or other things that obviously were, were closed for some periods of time during the, the downturn. But now they're in a position where they're feeling increasingly confident, they're vaccinated and they're going out and they're going to start to spend and they have the wherewithal to continue to do that. The other major trend that we saw in the first half, despite the fact that you know the economy has been reopening, is businesses are continuing to spend and transform digitally. So you know the push towards faster, cheaper, and better uh, is continued and will continue. Uh, and technology, I think, will be the, the chief enabler for that. And we've continued to see that across the board. So in general, you know, companies, there's a reason these companies and the market is doing so well, and it's because their actual businesses are doing extremely well, despite all the hand-wringing about macroeconomic activity and inflation and some other type uh, items that we'll talk about here in a minute. uh, The simple fact is, you know, at the end of the day, earnings are really the key to what drives stock market returns, and, and those have really been nothing short of sensational so far this year in 2021.
1: Doug, we have seen increased discussions around the possibility of inflation moving forward and the possibility of the Fed beginning to taper bond purchases. What are your views on the current and near-term inflationary environment?
2: Yes, inflation's been a hot topic over the last several months, uh, really cresting about three months ago. And it's... You know, my feeling has been and we continue to believe that inflation is going to be transitory. We agree with the Fed and we do think we'll see some ugly numbers and ugly prints over the next couple months because of uh, really easy comparisons uh, in a global recessionary environment. But overall, long term, we don't expect uh, high inflation to persist and actually i would turn it around the other way i'd say the people that expect high inflation to persist long term they're the ones that really have to explain what's happening with the market and particularly the bond market these days you know the best long-term interpretation of where uh, inflation will be long-term i believe is a 30-year bond rate and if you look at the 30-year bond today it's barely over two percent which is about in line with the fed's long-term target of inflation and the other thing that the inflation hawks have to explain is if, if inflation's running so hot and everything's so bad, then how come 10-year yields actually fell over the last three months? Uh, you've had a period where you know, there's shortage of supply in a variety of industries. Pricing was very, very strong earlier in the quarter. And now you've seen the 10-year not only not go up, which three months ago everybody on the planet basically believed that 10-year yields were going to 2% plus, uh, now have actually gone the exact opposite. Way. And I just want to remind everybody that, you know, the Fed does not control the long end of the bond market. The quantitative easing that they are doing is a pittance compared to the amount of fixed income securities that trade every single day in the marketplace. They don't have enough money, even though their balance sheet is dramatically expanded, to control where long-term interest rates go. They certainly can control short-term rates that they charge banks and other depositors that hold short-term money, but they do not control the long end. And the long end has been sending a pretty powerful message that rates are not going straight up and inflation will be transitory. And remember, the other thing I think is that, The market is always, the stock market in particular, is always looking ahead and trying to figure out what's likely to happen over the next 6 to 12 months, not what's happening today. There's no doubt that today business is good and it's very strong across the board as companies, as I mentioned earlier, are doing extremely well and inflation is very high. But as you look out into 2022 and later... You know, you're going to be looking at tax increases, whether it's from a corporate and or high income individual basis. And these tax increases are going to slow economic activity at some point in time and slow the bottlenecks that we're seeing in many of these industries.
1: Doug, outside of the United States, some countries such as India, parts of Europe, Brazil continue to struggle with COVID-19. From an investment standpoint, what opportunities are you seeing outside of the U.S.? And what is Kane Anderson-Rudnick's views in the space?
2: International has continued to lag domestic, particularly in the second quarter and even year-to-date. International has not been as quickly vaccinated as the U.S., whether it's Europe or Brazil or India. Some of the other areas in emerging markets have had some trouble with COVID and containing COVID, and the vaccination percentages aren't quite as high as what we see here in the U.S. And that has created some opportunities for our international investors uh, at Kane. And I think just like you saw when we were in the throes of our own COVID crisis here in the US, there were plenty of companies that were actually benefiting from the environment that the businesses were in at the time as people, you know, had to maintain and con- conduct business from home and continue to do things that they needed to do to run their businesses and buy the technology that they needed to buy in order to do that i think you'll see the same thing in these international markets they may take more time to recover but they will ultimately recover just as we have in the in the u.s And it really just creates long-term opportunities for our international group, particularly given the fact that, you know, we're primarily buying small and medium-sized businesses. And they can always buck the trend of whatever the overall economy is doing if you find the right business that's really well-positioned and meeting customer needs, even in a difficult environment. So we're still optimistic about the international space, and we think we can find companies that can do just that.
1: Doug, it looks like the government's in their final stages of approving the infrastructure bill. What are your thoughts on the bill, and how should we expect the market to react into this agreement?
2: The infrastructure bill that uh, President Biden is attempting to get passed, in my opinion, it will be good for a few companies, but most of them are private, whether it's roads, bridges you know, buildings, uh, broadband, etc., And it's really incremental spend of about a half a trillion dollars, which isn't insignificant, but it's also not a huge amount of money. So my my belief is that fiscal spending uh, that's been supporting, obviously, certain parts of the market and certain consumers over the last several years since the COVID crisis broke out is highly likely to moderate as we move forward with or without an infrastructure bill. And I do think they'll get one passed, although it's not clear exactly uh, how much money Money will be allocated to this that's actually new but there will be less fiscal stimulus overall in 2022 and most of these companies as I mentioned are private or very small parts of the S&P 500 so I don't think the infrastructure bill one way or the other will have a dramatic uh, impact on the S&P 500 and the returns because the companies that benefit really are small small weightings compared to you know the massive tech companies the fang companies which comprise you know an excess of 20 percent by themselves of the S&P 500 i so we continue to be positively disposed of, we think, investors, despite the short-term volatility and, and swings that you know you see daily in the market, as always, uh, will be real, well rewarded by continuing to hone equities. It's, it's pretty rare when bond yields are, are are not a major threat, which I believe is the case with or without some transitory inflation, and earnings have continued to improve and will continue to improve for the time being. It would be very unusual for the stock market not to make some sort of progress. Um, We're not wildly bullish. We're not looking for returns that we saw like in 2020, but we do think returns, which have been positive year to date, will continue to reward investors to stay invested as we move forward uh, into 2022 and 2023. So thank you for your trust and confidence and your support you've given us in managing our assets. Thank you.
1: Doug, as always, thank you very much for your time and insight, and we look forward to future conversations. Have a great day.
0: CaneCast is the official podcast series of Kane-Anderson Rutnick Investment Management, CAR. This material is provided as a matter of general information and is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast or research. The opinions expressed herein are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the opinions of CAR or its affiliates, are current as of the date and time of their recording, and are subject to change at any time due to changes in the market or economic conditions. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by CAR to be reliable and are not necessarily all-inclusive. CAR does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of this information, this communication should not be construed as an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. To the extent any performance is discussed, past performance is not indicative of future results.